I just slid in here. Just, you want to know? Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, just right now. Just uh, just got in. Well, then I'll do this. Safe. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. That's what's up. So tell me about your day, your week, your life. Tell me something. Oh, baby, baby, baby. Happy hump day, first of all, to you and everybody. Um. Well, it's been an interesting week, and um, you know, I'm I am uh, practicing. You know, as they say, you make choices. You know, there are certain things in life that you don't make choices about. You know, and um, there are things that you do, and I'm just going to exercise making the choices that I can. And my choice this week so far is to stay lifted, stay optimistic. Stay uh, grateful, stay uh, loyal, and, um, you know, and stay up, you know, and stay up. It's a lot going on now. Yeah, this is the time of year where stuff is happening. Yeah, Yeah, you got, you know, um, you got... uh, we're in the, we're in the fourth quarter, <laughs> and um, you know it's um, a very 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 busy political time right now. And we are um, let's say New York is already done. Um, they have elected their new mayor. Jersey, oh, and shout out to Eric Adams. He is the winner. Mm-hmm. Elected elected winner by a landslide, from what I understand. And shout out to Curtis Sliwa, too. You know, I want to say that particularly because Curtis Sliwa, for those of you who do not know who he is, he's of Guardian Angel fame. And we know them, Guardian Angels, you know, very well, us New Yorkers. And, um, you know, they've always held us down in those streets. They've always been accountable for their actions. And, you know, they were a volunteer bunch, you know, that started out. And, you know, and Curtis ran that organization 
you know, for a very long time. And he is what we call a native New Yorker at best and, and, and definitely a person for the people. He didn't pull it out this particular time. You know, Eric Adams got it, but um, we're going to hope that Eric Adams uh, continues to do and serve New York well. And um, in next year, <laughs> we have the governor race. And I'm, my hope is that Tish James is allowed to serve the people at a higher capacity um, than she is now. So, you know, we got Tish running against the default governor, Hoshel. And um, across the country, you know, we've had some, um, you know, I, I, and before I get into this, do you know what happened to me in the bank today? In the bank? Oh, geez, what? Yeah, I was, you know, you have to stand six feet apart, you know, and there were some, you know, kids, and I say kids because they're younger than me, but they were adults, young adults, um, and they were talking about the elections, and I was like, oh, okay, you know, that's cool, you know, listen at the kids engage, you know, they weren't kids of color, I'm going to start by saying that because that's going to be my reason for even bringing this up, mm-hmm. and um, one of them you know, um, they were, uh, uh, one of them said, oh, uh, they, they made a joke about me, you know, and said, um, miss, did you run for something? You look like you ran for something, you know, trying to be a little slick out the mouth. I said, no, no, I don't run anything but my mouth. Thank you. You know, and continued to look forward. And then I heard them say, I don't understand why people keep saying history was made. History was made, you know, so what? I mean, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. It's like sounds dumb, you know, da, da, da. So I'm listening now because, you know, I've been kind of queued up this week. So what they were saying was that they didn't understand why when people of color get elected, why they have to say history is made. And they likened it to a rapper's speech saying, you know, I want to thank my mother, one thing, you know, they were really like carrying on. So I turned around really slowly and took a deep breath. And I said, sweetheart, can I share something with you? I said, you know, you may want to reframe from saying that because I'm going to share with you, you know, I'm going to take time out of my day and I'm going to share with you why people say history was made. I said, because, you know, I'm not sure how old you are, you know. I said, but, you know. How old did they appear to be? They appeared to be, thank you, they appeared to be anywhere between, I'll say, 23 and maybe 33. Okay. Yeah, 23, maybe 33. And I was talking to the old, the older appearing one, you know, because he was the one that made the joke. Um, and I said, the reason why people say history was made is because for as many candidates of color that have run for things and been a part of things, to think that the only candidates that have ever sat in those seats have been people of non-color. You should be ashamed of the fact that they have to say things like history was made. See, it could be an everyday race and a winner prevail if it were evenly distributed, the decision-making process. Stacey Abrams. Exactly. It, you know, we wouldn't have to say history if more people of color or if the candidates reflected the community in a, in, in a true sense of the word in a lot of places. 
So let me do a quick rundown because that made me, while I was waiting, you know, and somewhat impatiently, I gave myself some homework for the show tonight. Yeah. Yes. So Tuesday night, as you know, there were a lot of elections and there's still elections going on. And like I said, we're still trying to figure out who's going to be the official elected uh, official of New Jersey because New York and New Jersey tend to pair in Connecticut. But um, we had a lot of folk of color. And in that meaning, uh, and I'm concluding, you know, of course, you know, and, and for the record, you know, people of color include Asian Americans, you know. Um, we have Michelle Wu, who was the first woman, and that's a whole nother situation, because then we got people of color and then we have gender, right? So we got Michelle Wu. She was the first woman and person of color to be elected Boston's mayor. Boston. Okay. And then we have Pittsburgh. They elected Ed Ganey, and he's the city's first black mayor ever. Let's 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 just pause for a second. Mm-hmm. There's yet to be a woman mayor in New York. Oh yeah. Oh sure. I just wanted to say that. Being yeah. that you know, we're both New Yorkers. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, and this is the second mayor of color elected, you know, for New York. Uh, Eric Adams that, you know, and then, you know, first, of course, the uh, the late David Dinkins, um, you know, we've had a, a, a governor of color, but, um, you know, we have, you know, and, and for for Pittsburgh to have their first black mayor ever, like, you got to think, how long has Pitt, Pittsburgh been in America? You know, first, for, there was no other candidates qualified. I'm going to get to you in two seconds, Missy J. I see you. And in West Philadelphia, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let me go back here. Eric Adams, of course, for New York. Cincinnati elects Aftab Parivo as its first Asian American mayor. We have Winsome Sears to be the first black woman to be Virginia's lieutenant governor. Virginia Sears, the first black woman to be Virginia's lieutenant governor. We have Abdullah Hamand becomes the first Arab-American Muslim mayor in Dearborn, Michigan. We have Tyrone Garner will be the first black mayor of Kansas City, Kansas. Alvin Bragg, he's Manhattan's new district attorney and the first black person to hold the job. And we're still waiting to see if Bruce Harrell sees the big lead. He's, you know, he's in uh, Seattle for the mayoral race. And, and yeah, and those are some of the, some of the um, highlights this week, you know? So, you know, um, Yes, and 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 I'm and I'm I, I agree with you, Misty. Um, but I'm I'm talking specifically when I'm as I'm using it in this term, I'm talking about anybody that is non-white. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. And the other thing is the reason for this historic 
history is because we are currently at a time when boomers are no longer effective. Well, yeah, that's that's been an argument um, to a certain degree, you know. Don't but don't don't think boomers ain't in the cut though, for sure. Don't think they're not in the cut. That's you know, and 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 all boomers are not. Um, uh, yes, yes, it is. You're correct. Uh, black is dif- different from yes. I agree with you. Um, but I, I want to say that you know, um, and the, and and we prefer the term Native American. Thank you, Elisa. Hello, good evening. Um, but uh, it's it, it's an interesting thing, you know. Um, oh, and this breaking news. And look at Pop. <laughs> hey, baby, you know. Listen, New Jersey Governor Murphy pulls out an unexpectedly close race with Republican. Yes. And it was very close, you know, very, very close. It was like, what, 50, 49 point something, you know, for a minute, you know. And yes, black is black. I happen to agree with you on that, Elisa, you know. Um, you know, I'm not, I, I really don't prescribe to, I'm sorry, subscribe to uh, the Crayola box. I, I, t- I kind of say, you know, um, and even though I understand what you are saying and you're absolutely correct, um, that is, uh, you know, that's the way it is progressively been. Um, I'm talking about, you know, sharing the spectrum with, um, we have a lot more non-white can- candidates that are qualified for these positions. And it's really time that, you know, other people, other people with other cultures be given an opportunity to see the um, oversight through a different lens you know, um, and perhaps it can impact the people, you know. Um, and, yeah, the, there's also, yeah, and I agree with you, there's a great divide, you know, um, but the bottom line is the way the country oversees it, <laughs> uh, if you're not white, you're other, you know, and, and that's just it, you know, for, all, for everybody else. So even though the other is still quite divided, you know, and quite unique, you know, that's the way the 1% view it. And it's just what it is, you know, in the capitalist country that we are. So, you know, and, and, and after, you know, you had to see the look on his face when I um shared, you know, that with him, you know, he was kind of like, oh, well, you know, we weren't, we were just having fun. And I was like, yeah, but there's truth in jest. And I just happened to be in earshot, and I had time, <laughs> you know. So he was like, he said, I understand, I understand, you know, and, and it sucks. It sucks it's like that. And I was like, yeah, it does. It does, you know, and, and perhaps you can make your voice heard because you're saying it sucks, and you're absolutely right, you know. You're absolutely right. So, and yes, and yes, in Spanish. You. Huh? Good for you. Oh, you know, I had time, like I said. You know. No, that's that's um important. That was an important exchange you had today. I'm 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 chewing, but I I don't want to. No, no, no. Get that in. How important it is that we speak to the youth, especially all youth. I don't not especially nobody. Every everybody needs to understand this. And what I would like to say, and the only thing that I want to contribute to the whole political discussion is that 
we cannot be complacent. We cannot rest. We know what happens when black women in particular move their feet. Oh, yeah. And for some reason, I don't believe that black women were motivated to move their feet in, during this election, and, and which is normal because it's not a big, quote-unquote, election for, for the whole country. Usually presidential elections get more people out. But this is a very, very important time in our history. This, these elections... And I wasn't really making too much of a stink because, you know, I need some downtime on, on this whole political bullshit. A meme that was so on point. Which one? He does a lot of that. No, I know, I know. I mean, just about every other thing I look at, whenever I look on social media, I'm like, ooh, thank you, Pop, I needed that. Oh, God, you spoke to my soul, you know. But um, in terms of politics, um, it read something like, oh, I have it right here. Maybe I could put it up. I'll put it up. Um, but this is not the time to sleep. I am not a cam- campaign manager. I don't love any candidate. I don't love any party. I just see what the fuck is going on from my perspective. And that's all we have, right, is our own perspective. That's true. And um, my understanding of what has been going on. And this is not the time to rest. So with that, this is uh, the meme that Pop had. A vote is not a valentine. You aren't confessing your love for the candidate. It's a chess move for the world you want to live in. Let's say that one more again. A vote is not a valentine. You aren't confessing your love for the candidate. It's a chess move for the world you want to live in. The Virginia election, Mm -hmm. right? So the the guy that won, Mm -hmm. and I, I pray that he does a good job. Right. He ran his campaign based on the fear of the racists in the in the state. Critical race theory. <laughs> and so education, when you spoke to, when they did the, the polling and they spoke to the people who were coming out, what was the most important issue for you? And a lot of them said education. And, and I don't like that critical race theory. So one guy, I, I saw it and I saw it on Twitter and I was trying to I didn't have time today. But whatever. Anyway, they they tried <laughs> to um they they asked him, So what is critical race theory? He said, Well, um I don't know exactly what it is, but uh uh I, I, I just don't like that. And and that's why I voted for this. You voted for this motherfucker based on something you don't even understand. But because it's it had your racist sense, senses, like like Spider Man got Spidey senses. Your racist ass got racist sense, um, sense, sensors. True. And when you heard critical race theory, 
and it wasn't something that was going to make your race look like you were so sweet, you voted a whole entire human being to, to run your whole government because you, you, you felt a tingle in your racist parts. Fuck out of here with that bullshit. That's why we have to move our feet. Ooh, she's fiery. I like it when you're fiery. I'm just tired. I, I'm, just, I'm just fucking tired. I'm, I'm tired of the bullshit. Okay, and and it's not even so much of and and I know that promises were made, promises are not kept. There's half-assed pieces of a promise. Blah, blah. I don't give a shit. To be honest, right now, and some of that stuff I'm personally affected by. I got family members affected by what they not get. I'm more concerned about losing what I have than I am about gaining some extra shit. You understand what I'm saying, like. People are trying to take away the vote of black and brown people. That, there, are, there are judges that the former motherfucker put into courthouses where this young white piece of shit comes and shoots and kills people in the street, and those people are not being respected. They're being called, they, you can't refer to them as victims in the goddamn court. You can't. The, so the prosecution of this guy that killed these people, the prosecution cannot say the victims and blah, blah, blah. And no, but you can call what them. They, what are you calling them? He says, but you can call them looters. You can call them rioters. You can call, this is the shit. This is the shenanigans that I care about. This is the shit I care about. So everybody, you know, talk about what you want to talk about, but the real shit is that we need to elect some people that we, we let me put it like this. If you prom, if you are making a promise to fix something, I'm going to give you every opportunity to do what you say you're going to do. But What's the, what does that mean? What that means is I'm going to vote for more people in your party so that you have the power to do what the fuck you say you're going to do. And when you have that power and you don't do it, then I can hold your ass accountable for it. When you got the fucking half of the Senate playing footsie and saying what they're not going to do and, and their whole goal is to stop you from doing what you promised you was going to do for me, I see that. So now my goal is to help you get rid of them motherfuckers, get some people in there. It's just, it's, it's like this. Like when Obama was the president, them motherfuckers did everything in their power to stop him from doing shit, everything they could do. And we, and people like, well, what did Obama do? For, well, what the fuck did you do for him? It's like, ask not what you can do for your, what your country does for you, but what you can do for your country. Put some people in there that's going to support him. And then, let's see, does he hold his promises? Like, the former guy had all of them lined up to help him do everything he wanted to do. He ain't do shit but some illegal shit and pad his pockets. But those Republicans were willing to do whatever the fuck he wanted to do, and they're still doing his bidding. Did you see that? Um, that and... Uh-oh. He, he made sure that their pockets got lined. 
Well, that that there is the American way. He he went. He had a secret meeting, not even a secret, because I know about it. If I know about it, everybody fucking know about it. Did not invite any of the Democratic senators and House of Representatives, just the Republicans and, and a closed door. This is when even the Republican people in power, whatever, were saying, oh, no, you can't do that, Trump. That's illegal. And no, you can't do that. That's a shame. How could you say that? No, don't do that. No. And he took them in a private room and he talked to them. Now, I can't possibly know what the hell he was talking about, but I suspect I have pictures of you at Jeffrey Epstein's house. I have photos of your wife with that black man. Half-dressed. I have pictures of you in drag and Queen Lindsey Graham. Don't even make me start. (laughs) Some people walked out of that meeting, and I promise you, because this is like I'm looking at you right now, this is how I was watching the news and every little piece of what was going on during that time. The very next day, everybody was kissing his orange ass. I was like, what the fuck? He, he said, day to this day, he still has them all by the nuts. I don't know what. There was one, at one point, one of them, he did some shit. He, I mean, he did some shit, whatever it was that day. He spoke to, he spoke to the greed, hmm. and he spoke to the, to the status quo. And you for know. those who weren't going along, he pulled out pictures and evidence because he's a mobster. That's all. He's a piece of sh- look. And and now that's all I got on that. Let's just put the comments up. Floor is yours. I'm done. <laughs> Vote. And she drops the mic and strolls out backwards. <laughs> Listen. Well, um, let's talk about Britain for a second. And do you understand that Britain allegedly can't decide whether they should send back looted treasure from where they got it from, which in this case I'm talking about Nigeria? Listen, let me let me let me say something. And if they do, they'll send back a, a piece of it. And and you know you know it's interesting. My mother used to say this. When it came down to touching stuff, you know ain't yours. Mm. You didn't find anything in this house. That's how she used to say. You didn't. There's nothing in this house that's lost. There may be a lot of things that are out of place, but there's nothing in this house that is lost. You knew before you picked that up that it did not belong to you. You know, and whether or not, you know, we always was trying to give uh, give excuses. Oh, I was going to do, I was going to put it, I was going to, I was going to, I was going to nothing. Go back and put it where you got it. Put that back where you got it from. Put it back. I don't understand. And, you, and you, you know, you're quick to use the term looters. But quite frankly, if we, if we loot anything, who the hell did we learn that from? When ninety percent of the artifacts we got sitting over in places and spaces and from 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 statues to diamonds came from someplace else that people have made claims on, including land, made claims on and and called it theirs, and then they turn around and sell it back to you like you had the authority to have it to begin with. What's that situation over there in Canada where they're giving back the whole Manhattan Beach? 
to the family that they swindled it from? The whole beachfront property, whole beachfront property that extends a lot, a, a, a very, very long space, um, was taken from black family many years ago. And the politicians over there now, I forget the name, but you guys can look it up. Um, politician over there now determined that that did not, you know, over the years, yes, it, we've had it. We've, you know, uh, uh, made money off of it. We've had things going on. The value is, you know, very big. And they are giving it back to the owners of yesteryear. Now, what you're not giving back is the amount of money that they could have made off of it, mm-hmm. you know, all of those years. And we're talking generations later now. Yeah. You know, generations later. And that is throughout this country. Generations later. And in most cases, we don't get that land back. You know, people have been swindled out of their land and property. People of color have been swindled out of their land and property forever. That's that's one of the things I I am. I don't know if it's fortunate or not, but I do know what happened to the 40 acres that was um, given to my mother's side of the family. Um, it was my my grandmother, who you know, mm-hmm. lived on that land with her father and her grandparents. Her grandfather was a freed, formerly enslaved man, and her grandmother was a Native American woman, and they had their 40 acres. Now, they had six or seven, I can't remember right in this moment, children. The oldest male was Uncle Friedman. He was born a freed, you know, he was born free, so they named him Friedman. There were a lot of males born with that name at that time. Um, my grandfather, who was the youngest of the litter, my great-grandfather, rather, who was the youngest of the litter, um, inherited, well, he was to inherit the, the, the land. Um, his sisters all got married. They were not educated, um, but they all moved on and, and got married. So my great-grandfather raised my grandmother in that home, lived with his um, parents, uh, and he was murdered when, he, when my grandmother was 13. So he was young. Um, he was young. They had a, a big old house on that big piece of land, and as it goes, he was um, a bootlegger, numbers man. He had that big old house on that big old piece of land, and there's some people that didn't like that. Hmm. My grandmother tells how her um, her hand-me-downs went to a Jewish family. Hmm. So imagine that during that time. My grandmother, by the way, everyone who's listening, is facing birthday number 101 this coming March. Um, so when he died, the land then went to his sisters, 
the government gave them, it was five sisters, I believe. Yeah, it was five sisters. The government gave them $500 and took acres and acres of land and said that they had to sell the land or else they had to pay this amount of taxes, whatever that amount was mm-hmm. at the time. Whew. And that was the end. Yep. And don't think it was just, you know, the, listen, and then you want to, then you want to, man, listen, there, there's so many disgusting stories like that. And, you know, when I hear things like, you know, why do you have to say history? Because it's, it's, because it is, it just is Blanche, you know, and, and it's nothing you can say about it. So I had to correct the little, the little, um, alabaster boy and just uh you know every every sure. every time you have an opportunity to do something like that it's it's a good thing you know especially yeah. if it sounds as though they heard you even if they continue to be arrogant if they if they heard you that that's that plants a seed you know i think i looked at him directly in his face and i did not blink well you have that look Therese. And I had time today. Yeah. And thank you, Elisa. Yes, it's Star Island Beach, and it is part of yes, Florida, and it yes, and he was finessed, and they're giving it right back to him at this point. You know, um, I would take it and also request do an estimate of how much the generations of uh, the generations in that family lost not having their property because there was a lot of money made, or if you have a difficult time doing the math, then you can break it down another way. You can just say, okay, well, be uh, from the time it was out of my hands to now, when you give it back officially, how much money was made? Because you can find that out. And then just give us that as well. Because, you know, you got generations that, that uh, he, you know, the, the family couldn't even pass it down. Exactly. Let's um, take a moment um, and do this. I think um, think it makes sense today to do our Black History moment. Let's do that. So, first up, I want to talk about two black men. Two black men today. Jesse Jackson. <laughs> okay. Rev. The Reverend Jesse L. Jackson announced his first campaign for president. Civil rights leader Reverend Jesse L. Jackson announced on November 3rd, 1983, that he would be a candidate for the Democratic presidential nomination in 1984. Run, Je- Jesse, run. Run, Jesse, run. That was it. That was the slogan. Jackson became the second African-American after Congresswoman Shirley Chisholm to run a major national campaign for president of the United States. Reverend Jackson 
finished third in the race for the Democratic nomination, receiving 3,282,431 or 18.2% of the total votes in the Democratic primary. Former Vice President Walter Mondale received the nomination with a total of more, just more votes. I don't have to say the damn number. Senator (laughs) Gary Hart was second. It has been reported that the Jackson campaign helped register one million new voters. Reverend Jesse Jackson, and the middle, the, the L stands for Lewis, by the way. I don't know why they keep saying Jesse L. Is a civil rights activist, politician, and Baptist minister. He transferred from the University of Illinois after his first year to North Carolina A&T State University, where he became the student government president and quarterback of the football team. While at North Carolina A&T, he became active in civil rights activities. He attended Chicago Theological Seminary and was awarded a Master of Divinity. (laughs) He became a part of Reverend Martin Luther King Jr.'s inner circle and worked with him. CLC. Jackson was with King when he was assassinated in Memphis. He later founded People United to Save Humanity, that which we know it as Operation Push, in 1971. The organization's name was later um, changed to People United to Serve Humanity. Jackson ran again for president in 1988. He served as shadow senator from the District of Columbia from 1991 to 97. Jackson was born in October on October 8th, 1941, in Greenville. And really quickly, I just want to do an honorary, <clears throat> an honorary read. Mosquito in here. Fuck. Kill it of this guy. Because this is a black history moment as well. So, New York City, Brooklyn Borough President Eric Adams was elected mayor of New York City. On Adams is the second African-American mayor of the nation's largest city. Mayor David Dinkins served as New York City's first African-American mayor from 1990 until 93. In a tough mayoral fight, often filled with name-calling and charged accusations, Adams, the Democratic candidate, defeated Republican candidate Curtis Sliwa, the founder of the Guardian Angels Subway Patrol Group. Adams' life demonstrates how success can be achieved regardless of the conditions of one's early environment. He was one of six children. He was born, <laughs> these people who write this stuff, I, I'm, some of this stuff I skip over for just because <laughs> he was born into poverty. Come on now, Okay. On September 1st, 1960, in Brooklyn, New York City. Through employment as a maid, his single mother was able to move the, the family from Brownsville to South Jamaica. Ironically, it is said that a motivating factor to become a police officer came from a teenage beating from New York City police officers while being temporarily held in jail. Before Mm. entering politics, Adams held the ranks as a police officer with the New York City, with um, NYPD, 
of sergeant, lieutenant, and captain over 22 years. His political career spans four terms as a New York State Senator prior to serving seven years as the first African-American borough president of Brooklyn before being elected mayor. Wait, let me, so, so you're saying that he went from senator. That doesn't sound right. President? I don't remember him being a senator, but th- that's what they're saying here. So um, hmm. this, this information is not from me. I am not the direct source. I'm just sharing the information that's out there. And who shared that? Who, who, sh- um, who black, shared that? Black History Facts. Hmm. So we, hmm. we, you know, we can dig that up, and by Saturday I can correct you, or somebody tonight can correct no, just, that. I just think, I mean, you know, I'm, 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 I'm not the most politically inclined on purpose, but you know, I do know that going from the senator to a borough president is kind of backwards it can be it can be i mean it depends on what your goal is if you want to more directly impact a particular community then um mayor would be like if you are interested in that city you have you you're better able to impact a city as a mayor if you want to make a bigger contribution in the for the, the whole state and the country, then senator would clearly be the the choice. You know, I mean, maybe I don't I don't think there's many people that go that way. And like you say, it it sounds a little backwards. It, but I would think like somebody like me, right? Make it as a senator, seeing all the shenanigans, <laughs> you know, like dealing with the bull. My favorite New York senator was Tom Dwayne. Wait, say it again? Oh, Tom, Tom Dwayne? Yeah. I, You know, and then maybe maybe I would just say, you know what? Let me see if I want to be Bronx Borough President because I love the Bronx. I care about the Bronx. Maybe I want to be the mayor. Maybe I want to just take care of the city. Do I want to deal with all upstate and become the governor and, and deal with all of New York? Well, the biggest part that I like about the governor is they supervise the mayor. And, um, yeah, maybe, maybe, you know. I mean, they don't have to see eye to eye. And, you know, there's some there's some duties that the mayor is supposed to carry out. But uh, he can't move anything unless it comes to Albany. So, you yeah, know. I mean, control over some stuff, though. The, the Not mayor. much. Well, enough. Enough. I mean, a lot of the funding comes from the state, so no, it comes from the feds to the state to the city. Right. So still, I mean, like the the stuff that's coming from to the city that's coming through the mayor's office is coming from the state. You know, you get city mm-hmm. taxes. That's money that comes from the city to the city, from mm-hmm. the people to the city, and then you have state, and then you have federal. So. You know. That's too much time in, in Albany. You know, I know that anything coming from the federal government, the state disseminates, and the state also audits the city. Yeah, that's true. That's so, true. you know, uh, there are not too many things, based on my experience in working in that office, that you can just do autonomously without, you know, some uh, some uh, some uh, governor oversight as yeah. the mayor. That's why I'm hoping that Tish James becomes the governor of New York, um, and I'd like to help support that effort, you know, 
anybody but that dingbat they got over there, that default dingbat that they got in there now. When she said, what did she say? When she was on the pulpit, and that's what I called it, the podium pulpit, talking about we are all her apostles. I was like, this lady has she a mental said, health she issue. Said that? Oh my yes. god! <laughs> yes, she said that. She said the vaccine is from God, and anybody that's unvac listen, that lady got to go. She has to go. And I'm gonna I'm find that that uh, video with her in it doing that, and and I'm gonna send it to you because I, I mean, I haven't had too many jaw dropping moments. Yeah, send it to me so I can put it up here. That is just. What's that Tammy Faye, Tammy Faye Bacon, Jim Bacon, that Jim Baker, Tammy Faye voice? Yeah. <laughs> you are all my boss. I was like, what is happening? Like, I just, you know, I, I, I you know, when you see it, you, you, you're just going to like, you're just, I'm, I'm you, you know what, sometimes I, got to go. Again, I, I just have to breathe. I was I was telling someone today, you know, who came to me. Believe it or not, Levon, people come to me when they're stressed and going through stuff. People come to me, Levon. Come to me <laughs> and when your world's hungry and cold. <laughs> exactly, exactly, and um. I damn it. Exactly. But you know what? I was like, breathe, breathe, breathe. But you know what? I'm the I'm the one that needs to breathe. So I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna do that. Well we gonna have two grumpy ass old men on in five seconds. I'm gonna watch you you all sit here listen and watch y'all have a good old time. Cause I you know, I can't be grumpy. I cannot tolerate it. I can't. I'm I'm over. I'm I'm, listen, I'm done. Ain't ain't nothing like a good old opinionated, um, with with facts now. You know, mm-hmm. with facts. Black men breaking it all the way down to the floor. These two brothers are community minded. They spit truth. Sometimes it's an ouch moment, but is it a fact though? You know. Yeah, and sometimes, you know, sometimes, sometimes. I want, I want to, I want to. You bust. know, you got to be in a particular mood for that. You know what I'm saying? I, I mean, sometimes you got to be in a particular mood for that. I mean, I'm always here for it. You know, I'm always yeah. here for it, as, a, as opposed to so many other things they could be saying. This is true. You know, this is true. I, I prefer them, and you know, and, and a lot of times, you know, like listen, a lot of times, you know, it it is it becomes the word, and you know, we get we get um you know mentally complacent with a lot of our views on things, yeah. you know, and, and I know one of them in particular will pull a fact on your ass out of hat <laughs> and give and give you stats for your ass, <laughs> and then you're like, oh, okay, That's then. Yep. I want to I want to bust back the origin of those names of that name um, of all things to call yourself. Why two grumpy men? Now, the, the, the stats and facts. That's why you just said it. <laughs> you just said why. Yeah. You just said why they. That's because that's that's who they are. 
Yes. But yes, you know, yes, let yes. me just say that Corey just reminds me of like a little cousin. I always wanted a little brother. Yeah. And I could just I look at Corey and I just wish that he was my little brother. I don't know why. I have no idea why, except that there's just something about him. And that's why I call him baby bu- baby brother cousin Corey. I I, <laughs> I know, right? Cute actually, I like that. That's what I that's what I call him because he he just hits me in that particular way. So they got everything from sports. They'll go back through the history of the, the sport. You know, anytime, uh, so much so that when I get provoked, sometimes I, um, if I see something, because I like, I like old, you know, like the sports aren't the same, you know. Um, we grew up with like the Pistons when they were like, you know, Rodman and all the crew and, you know, and, and, and the Bulls and, and, uh, you know, the old players that, that were allowing physical contact. And when you could actually be on your feet, like I, I was, a, I was a, I'm coming from a household with sports that was in the forefront. And even my mother, she was a diehard. And I mean, diehard, like you couldn't even talk to her when the Chicago Bulls were playing. Not a Michael Jordan fan specifically. She's a Michael Jordan and the Bulls fan. And you couldn't say too much of nothing when they were playing. You know, in the days with uh, Chicago versus, versus Detroit, baby, that's some good basketball back then. Now you get a whistle if you're breathing heavy. So before we um, Start the interview I need a music break I need I need to mellow out Break break down Let's see what do we want What do we want and when do we want it We want it now Everybody wants it now You're just my man This You know Nah I'm I'm going through a Javon moment, and a Javon moment is can't never. Well, we got the Emmett Till story coming to ABC. Yes. Wait. Thank you. You okay? I heard a shriek. Oh, I didn't hear that. No, you you wouldn't. You know. Anywho, all right. I know. She okay? Yeah, she's fine. I'm just hyper sensitive these days. Anyway, uh, let's let's see. I I I need to pick a song. I'm looking at a thousand songs, so I'm just gonna close my eyes, click on something, and that's what's gonna. That's it. And then to 
for Monifa. This is my very favorite song that she sings. Gotcha, gotcha. Now back up. You said show, and now we we have a we have an international audience here. Tell tell us more about your show for those of you who don't know. Hey, sir. Um, hey, you know, two grumpy men. We really uh, we touch on everything. You know, our, our focus in the beginning it was more sports based, but because uh, we used to have a, a sports show, 
and we we phased that out and it was just me and and rob so we decided to go with a show that talked about law politics sociology sports religion whatever you know the things that affect our um our daily lives so we just you know and people they also need information um just things things that you need to know to survive on you know on a daily grind you know that's that's basically where we come from you know why we even created the show because we give out a lot of information on the show you know sometimes i mean it could be even too much you know it could charge a consulting fee you know for what for what we give out you know but you know that's not you know that wasn't the you know the main goal you know of the show it was just really the have a voice and to have people that that want to they need advice and you know they can come to us you know we're life coaches yeah you know what i'm saying we, you know? we just, like I'm, I'm one firm believer like you know information is free you know what i mean if you, you, you're trying to help people so if you're trying to help somebody like you you know i i ain't really big on trying to sell you something and i know i'm just trying to give you that knowledge so you can you know gain something and move forward with your life you know what i mean i you know a lot of times people, you know, where we come from, you don't got that type of information. So, you know, just like you got to reach back sometimes and just get that information for free. Get people at least into the door. Like, yo, this is where you need to be. This is what you need to be doing because, you know, there's some, some direction. And um, I don't think you should charge all the time to get give somebody direction, you know what I mean? Because you're just trying to help, really. I, you know, but, you know, that's how I feel. You know, a lot of people feel differently. <laughs> no, good, good. I'm glad All you right. brought that up, Bobby May. Um, and I got, and first, now you said you said a couple of things I want to drill down on just a minute. Mm-hmm. Now, first, where are you from? Me, I'm originally from, you know, I'm from Brooklyn. My parents is, uh, you know what I mean? I'm first generation American. My parents are Jamaican. So, um, you know, um, but I, I grew up a lot um you know, in my young years, I spent a lot of time in Staten Island. I grew up in Staten Island, and then I came back to Brooklyn, you know, so it's just like full circle, you know, just coming back. But that's where I grew up at, you know, with the private school and all that type of good stuff. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny? I, You know what I love? I love the sense of community, you know. Now, y'all, y'all you said something earlier, three, you know, over 30 years. That's, decades are hard to come by. And, mm-hmm. and particularly with brothers that you've, you know, that you've connected with for 30 years. Mm-hmm. Shout out to 30 years, first of all. <laughs> Word. 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 Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. I'm going to go one further to say that, particularly in New York, you know, a lot of us don't even live to see a 30-year-old relationship between mm-hmm. two black men. Yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so I don't even want to take that piece for granted because, you know, like these streets is terrible out here, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, and, yeah. and Corey, I'm going to act like I don't know you, you know, um, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's hard to do, but let's, let's do it. <laughs> I know, I know. Give us a little of your background. Where are you from? Uh, well, I mean, I'm from, I was born in Harlem, but I spent the early years in Harlem. You know, I still had a lot of uh, family there, so I, I went there a lot on the weekend. So, but, you know, I was in Brooklyn, you know, been Brooklyn like 40 years. So I don't know if I, I'm back in Harlem now, but I, I got years in Brooklyn. So I was always both. But, you know, when you go to school with, you know, with Brooklyn cats, like you Brooklyn, you know what I'm saying? I wasn't wearing white uptowns, you know, I wore wallabies. So, you know, Harlem cats don't wear wallabies like that. So, you know, 
So let's have the Rocky Bomber. You know what I'm saying? Sheepskin. Like so. Yeah. Oh, well, Harlem cats were sheepskin, but the, the the vibe is different. When I come to Harlem, they call me Brooklyn. When I'm in Brooklyn, they call me Harlem. I'm just me. Right, right, right. You know, right. you know, thirty years. Yeah, I, I'm. Me and, me and Rob met 30 years ago, you know what I'm saying, in college, you know what I'm saying, like where you really would meet somebody, you know, that's where your lifelong bonds, you know, actually get created, you know, most of the time, you know, because uh, at that stage, you're talking about the late 80s, early 90s, there was a lot going on in New York City, and we kind of come full circle, you know, we, we done live basically three lifetimes, this is our third quarter, you know, basically. Mm-hmm. You know, your mm-hmm. first, first 18, 20 years, that's not you. You know, that's you under your parents' domain. They right. telling you what to think, how to, you know, you're going to do schoolwork. Oh, you never bring work home. This is college. Like, sometimes you don't have work. Well, why don't you? I don't know. You know, you know, yeah, yeah I don't pay tuition. You know, I'm a CUNY student. You know, we, we took advantage of the, what do you call it, financial aid. Mm-hmm. You get it how you can get it. You know, you get the knowledge. It's just a starting point. You know, so, yeah, the, the friendship grew from there. We played sports. You know, we played basketball together. And we just, you know, we had a bond, you know. And uh, it's, it's, it's hard to maintain long-term relationships like that. That's real shit. Yeah, you know, that's, and you that's guys real. have turned sports into a philosophy. Like, I've tuned into the show a couple of times. <laughs> y'all were doing it. And y'all have turned basketball you know, and I, you know, and I, lo- I know that there, you know, basketball such as life, there are a lot of fundamentals that you can carry over, you know, but y'all have a, such a way of talking about the sport itself as you relate it to everyday life. Talk about that for a minute. Oh, wow. I mean, you know, that's, that's just part of growing up uh, in the culture, you know, like we, you grow up in hip hop. And you grow up in sports, and it's like a it's a culture when when you're doing it, and you know you start developing theories from it because you played it and you see it, and you see you know a lot of players who you know go through certain things too as well. So and you put it all together, and you start realizing like you know what I'm saying it's, it's a business, uh, it's mm. entertainment. So you know like anything in life is always going to have its flaws, and it's going to have its you know um, good points to it. So. That's how we look at it, that, you know, because everything, like I said, we do is, like, pretty much like a teaching. Like, we can teach you through sports. We can teach you through music. We can teach you through, you know, just regular education, you know, just you want history, whatever you want. You know, I know how to turn it into something where where youth can understand me because I can speak their language, you know. And that's one thing, you know, know, like, I've been in the South for, like, almost 20 years. And, you know, the biggest Mm -hmm. thing you always hear is, like, yo, you – you sound like you just left New York. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, like, you know, that's something I take hold of because this, that's where I'm from. That's where I learned everything. I'm not giving up my native language. This is how I talk, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, I mean, it's for real. Like, I, you know, I'm really New York. Like, so I'm like, nah, I'm not giving that up. That's, when you hear me, I want you to always know that I'm a representative of where I come from. And, you know, I, I understand every, I can understand and talk your language as well, but you know, this is where I'm from, and I'm, and I want you to understand me. You know, what I'm saying? so yeah. Nice. You said nice. you said the youth, and the way you said it is like those are your real peeps. Yeah, like you know, what I mean, like you gotta understand. You know, we come from we come from the culture we come from. 
it makes we it makes us family. You know what I'm saying? But you know, there's good family and bad family. So the youth, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of them they misled to a lot of times. So and I've been there. So it's like, you know, I look at you as like my little brother or my son or, or something like that, or you know, because I got kids. So I'm I, I and I, that's how I relate to them. I'm all, I want them to always know this love, you know, like I used to own group homes for kids. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I did that for about 15 years. I had juveniles, I had, um, you know, mentally ill, and, and, and but they was all family to me. That's the way I treated them. Like my homes was ran beautiful, you know what I mean? They, you know, the state never had issues with me because I treated them good. Like, you know, I'm making sure you're eating good. Like if I'm eating steak, you're going to eat steak with me. Like, it ain't going to be like, nah, we're going to give you Frank and beans, and I'm going to be over here eating eating this roast beef. Nah, you're going to eat roast beef. We're going to all eat together. We're going to share. We're going to learn, and we're going to live together in a home and try to teach you how to, you know, be civilized. Like, you know, so that's why I talk like that, and that's why I talk to them in that fashion like we family, because I always want them to feel like that, like I'm somebody that's your family. Like, I'm not, mm. I'm not, I'm not above you. I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm, just, a, I'm just a man just trying to be help you you know that's what it really is mm, that's, that's facts that's facts i mean try to be a father figure you know you know yeah you know that's that's one of the things i think is beautiful um about both of you and what you uh it, it feels very community based you know what i mean mm. and that, i think that's what we're we're missing you know um and we need to get back to you know, once upon a time, you know, and I, you know, and I know that the generations have gotten shorter. Like, you know, your grandmother could actually be 35, 40 years old, but you know, but yeah. when, but when it yeah. wasn't that way, you know, there was a sense of community that we had. Meaning, you couldn't go tear your ass two blocks away, and you know, and run into a neighbor because they would tear your ass and bring you back home. You know, mm-hmm. tell your mother, mm-hmm. hey, listen, you know, you know, neighbors looked out for one another. Yeah. And, and nowadays it's kind of um, it's different, very different. And I'm not so sure sometimes when I think about it, who fails who? Are we failing the youth, in your opinion? What do you think? Um, I don't know. I don't think. Well, we learn it on the fly, you know, because now we as crazy as it sounds, you know, when you hit your 50s, you become a, a elder. But you don't think about it like that as you're approaching 50, if you're lucky enough to actually become that old. That. You know, I've been doing a lot of reflecting because, you know, um, when we was in our 20s, when, when my 25th birthday came, you know, I felt like, ah, I got to do everything because, honestly, I didn't know if I was going to live to see 25, much less be 25. So, mm-hmm. and it wasn't because of anything that I was doing, per se. It was more like we in the community, we out in the streets not doing anything, you know, no criminal activity, but, you know, we're athletes, we're out there, we, you know, we sports, we hip hop, you know, you go to the clubs, you know, I, I, I did all of that. We was going to clubs early, you know, letting the beard grow, you know, 19, you know, each said 17, getting up in clubs. I ain't had no business being in, you know, like the garage, you know, um, I didn't really do the Q club like that, but, you know, but, Rob was in the Q club. I, during that time, I wasn't really clubbing, but I, I was clubbed out. But we done, we hip hop. So you out and about. And, you know, being, being in our father center, you know, back then, you know, from like age 13, age 13 to age 21, you kind of age out of that around 21 because you get so much information, it's all about teaching. So we learned on the fly. So are we failing the youth? No, we, but we are teaching them 
what we know up to this point. So when we have these one-on-one or group uh, group dynamic conversations, it's more along the lines of, you know, how can I help you? How can we help you? Because sometimes you don't need a lot of information. You just need one piece. Sometimes they only come to you for one piece, and they gone. Mm-hmm. You don't hear from them for like five, ten years, and they'll come back, yo, thanks, you know, it really helped me. Or, yo, man, you could have gave me some more advice. You ain't tell me you knew how to do this. And, like, you didn't ask. So that's what it is with the youth. You know, the youth out here, it's like, we, we got to be responsible to ourselves in order to show them. Because if you're not walking in that, in that light that you say that you are, how the hell are you going to tell them something? They're not respecting you. It, that's what the, when I was young, it's the same thing. If, how you going to tell me how to live and you not even doing that? Unless you doing it as a teaching moment. Like, yo, you were strung out on heroin, you was on crack or something, you like, yo, young blood, you don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. You don't want to walk that. Okay, I can respect that. Mm-hmm. But if you tell me that, then I see you go stick somebody up. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of hard to follow that model. Like, you not live, you like a hypocrite. But mm-hmm. I had some, we had, um, we had mentors. Mm-hmm. I had very good coaches. And we had guys that, we had men in the community, like, like real talk. The mothers was the backbone. You know, they fed you, they, they gave you jewels. You know, I, I'm, you know, real close to my moms, my aunts, you know, but the uncles, when you wasn't around, they took you and showed you some other things. You know, yo, you, you need to learn how to um, walk this walk and, and not be a chump. You know what I'm saying? Because like, one day you're going to have a, a wife, you're going to have a family, and you need to know how to carry yourself. You know, whatever that was at the time, it's just like, you got to be spiritually grounded. It was a whole bunch of things. You know, and your parents teach you that, but you still got to live it yourself. So with the youth, I just try to help them out because sometimes it's just information. Like we carrying on, the, I guess, the light torch. Because, you know, the parents can only take you so far. They take you to a certain point, then you got to have your adult years. You got to live and you learn, make a lot of mistakes. It's all trial and error. Mm-hmm. And then we got to pass it back. How we gonna, I'm going to tell a 16-year-old, yo, you got to do it yourself. I wasn't doing it myself at 16. Right. It's not right. And they know that. Right. So that's why. I, 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 I'm going to ask you a question. See, this is why we do a show, because I don't agree with them all the time. You know <laughs> all right, let's go. <laughs> now, to answer your question, it was basically, yeah. My answer would be, yeah, we failed the youth. It, mm-hmm. And not us per se. Not us mm-hmm. per se, but the but our cult, our communities, our our culture, you know, the the people before us, mm-hmm. and not and believing in certain things that weren't going in the best interest of the people, you know, of our community. So yeah, we have failed you because we repeat, we can't let them repeat a cycle that we know there's no end to, there's no win to. So yeah, so in some form we have. Because there's as many of us who tried, and there's other people who's in higher positions that have failed them and have failed us, and so that life continues, and you know, because it, it turns into people lining their pockets with money and forgetting about, you know, the people where they come from and the struggle and those things. Mm-hmm. So, and they keep kids believing in these things instead of telling the truth. So, yeah, mm-hmm. in that aspect, we have failed. We have failed the youth. And you know, and and to and and to say you, it's a different time now. You know what I'm saying? See, I got 16 year old. She don't got he got little kids. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I got older kids because you know sure I, I, got, I, I got like all my kids are teenagers. And I got all daughters, so I got four Ooh. daughters. 
right? So yeah, you can just what imagine. What is that like? Like what yeah, is? It's a, it's, you see the gray. That's that's all I get. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? But I yeah, I got them in all ranges. So what I, are the ages of your daughters? My oldest is thirty. My uh, my next is twenty one. My next is uh, going to be seventeen uh, mm-hmm. in a month, and my lad, my my baby just turned thirteen. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I get it from all angles. I got a spectrum. So yeah, mm-hmm. at sixteen, seventeen, the game has changed. So yeah, I mm-hmm. can tell her she can do it on her own because she has the technology. She has everything else that I didn't have that can give her the vast information that. She can get to learn things. Like, they give you courses for free if you really want to do this thing. Like, it's out there. Like, my example, my kid, she's like, I want, you know, I don't want to go to college yet. I'm like, all right, well, you know, that's cool. What you going to put, but you got a plan. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you got a plan because you know living here ain't free at a certain age. You know what I'm saying? But so it's like, you know, she's like, yo, I want to I I do graphics. I want to be a graphic designer. Like, okay. So, I find the courses, you know, they on Udemy. They got all these things. Like, mm-hmm. they got all these things, $17, $18. Like, here, learn that. She learned it. Now she's mm-hmm. in drawing class. And now she's turned it into a business at 17. Mm-hmm. Doing that's her thing. So, so, so that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, 16. See, my 13-year-old my started her own jewelry business. She got her own little jewelry line. I'm a customer. You know that's what I'm saying? So it's like, so it's like, you teaching them how I'm teaching them how to get it from young. I'm not waiting like how my parents did me. That's where they failed us at because they sold us the dream on, yeah, go to school, do do this. We went to school and racked up mad excuse me, racked up debt. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and hundred thousand, two hundred thousand dollars worth of debt, and they still in that debt, and they and they they, they playing with us. They like me, yo, check this out. Let me you can't buy no house. You got two hundred thousand dollars of debt. Like what? Mm. That that is true. That is true. Let me ask you a question. Um, mm. because I don't know if it was Therese or or Corey who said it. Um, but this is for both of you. This question. Um, how when we were kids, if we got into any kind of shenanigans, Miss um, mm. Bessie got you mm-hmm. and sent you to the babysitter. Your aunt, whoever, who got you and told, and then by the time you got home, your mother already knew it. And you knew it, right? Yeah. When when I got to the age that my friends were having kids, mm-hmm. there something had changed with that community of you don't you don't curse in front of adults. You don't do this if 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 my friends see you doing that, you know, you're gonna get it from them, then you're gonna get it from me, you're gonna get in trouble. It, it it became, don't talk to my kid. You no, you tell me and I'll deal with my kid. That whole community sense of like it takes a village. Mm-hmm. The villagers became neighbors, who had mm-hmm. to then mind your business. And I mm-hmm. I think that I saw that shift, and I saw what happened with that next generation. So as fathers, I'm just wondering. Um, what your experience is with that? How has anyone ever come to you? I, I know your children are all angels, but has anybody ever come to you and said, "Hey, 
you know, the little one just did this and, you know, brought your child to you. And how, how did that make you feel? Do you like, don't, don't tell my, tell me about my kid. You know, that's the, that's this generation and the generation right below us. So if y'all could speak to that, because I think that that's a big difference in the, the way that um, the young people don't respect elders and don't respect certain um I have even an understanding of certain things culturally in terms of us as a community, us and our togetherness, Mm -hmm. togetherness. Mm -hmm. If y'all could speak to that. Well, I mean, I mean, like for me, like I said, my parents is Jamaican, so I come from a whole different set of rules. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, like, uh, you know, respect is something that's always I've always given, I've learned to give. So even, you know, um, if someone told me when, tell me something that my kids did, like what's something I learned from my mom a long time ago as a little kid was she never was like, I ain't going to, she, you know, she told me like, you know, I ain't going to swear for you. Cause I don't know if you did it or not. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Said, Cause I know, like, you know, your kids, like I know my kids. So I ain't going to put it past them that they may have done that. So I am, I'm not going about to swear for you. But what I will do is, is, to, is protect you, right? So, you know what I'm saying? But when, you know, when you get home, we talk about it. But at this point, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to take it with a grain of salt. I'm going to listen, and I have. I'm going to listen, and I'm going to be like, all right, and I'm going to find out. I'm like, and I, you know, and I'll let, you know, if, I, if it's the truth, I'm, I'm not a person that's afraid to say, yo, you apologize. You got to apologize, yo, because, you know what I mean? That's how we move. That's how we move. But... You're wrong, you're wrong. So, no, nah, I don't feel like, you know, I, I never take, I, you know what I mean? I never take that position like I'm, like my kids are just angels because I was a kid too, and I know I wasn't no angel. So I ain't take, <laughs> I, I ain't see them do it, but, you know what I'm saying? I ain't see them do it, but I'm, I'm definitely going to listen to you because I'm going to investigate and find out the truth. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. My kids know I'm going to find out the truth. You know what I mean? They ain't gonna. They don't like. They can't lie to me. You know what I'm saying? They 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 rather lie to anybody, but they're not gonna lie to me because I, you know what I'm saying? Because I, I just keep it real. Like, look, I ain't mad, but you are gonna tell me the truth? What's up? You did it? And you know, we may laugh, and I may laugh. I may not laugh. I just depends on what they do. <laughs> you know what I mean? But yeah, no, nah, I don't feel though. I don't. I don't. I definitely don't feel that way. I don't. I don't take that entitlement. Yeah, I, I, I never did that. Never took that position. Um, when I'm out, even when I'm outside with my own children, like I, they're not angels, you know. But they also not being raised to be knuckleheads, you know. They they have a respect that they was raised with that. I was raised with that, you know. I I gave people respect, mm-hmm. you know. what I'm saying like everybody starts off at a hundred, you know. Then you lose the points or whatever it's gonna be. So my, my but my kids are young, like you know, like like he said, he his youngest. So we said thirteen, right? Mm-hmm. Come on, my oldest is eleven. So I got eleven, eight, and one's gonna be five. I got two boys and a girl. So the girl is eight. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff that you know I gotta get prepared for. I'm ready for it. At the same time, you know, I had to get off of my um paternalism. You know, I know I'm the father and all of that. I get that, but Yo, sometimes my way of thinking, like, yo, I, I used to be a chauvinist, I think. You know, my line of thinking. I get into a lot of debates and arguments and 
even with my wife now. Like, so why you, why you say stuff like that? I'm like, I don't know. It came to mind. Like, you don't see it. Like, it's shit in your face. Like, it's in your face. Like, how am I not going to speak on it? You know, but... All right. You know, I, I need an example. Of what you're talking about, Corey. Is it the chauvinism? Yes. What, what is a Corey chauvinism? What? Cool show. All right, all right. We watching. Uh, I don't know. Let me take Greenleaf for example. I was watching the show Greenleaf. We're talking about religion. I'm like, why the wife? You know. Um, okay, the man is holding it down, right? It's supposed to be. That's what they're trying to show. Like he's the leader. He's this. He's that. Right. So why is the why is it that the woman is controlling his movements before you know he makes a decision? Like. Why or why do they put us in these positions? Well, why you always got to be a cheater? You know what I'm saying? Like it depends on what type of show we watch it. You know what I mean? So when I say paternalistic, I'll ask you like, yo, why are you doing this for? Like, I don't care how old you are. Like you could ask Terrence, you got you got to ask more. I was real bad, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen. Yo, why are you dating that dude? Who is this? Yeah, I don't like that cat. You can't see him. You ain't got to what I said. I said it, you know, but so, but out of respect because it's family, like, I'm going to treat him with respect, but, you know, I don't like him. He can't be around me. That's the paternalism. The chauvinism part, it's a lot of, I got some bad examples, like, I, whatever you could think of, you know, I, I keep it real, but I, I'm not, I'm not uh, disrespectful with it. Let me put it like that. I don't have any concrete ones that I could give you, but if you ever listen to the show, you know, I'll, and we talking, and we talking. I'm like, shit, like, you know. I mean, that's what it is. Like, I'm not, not going. Jerome, why are you looking like that? Because <laughs> you looking like you know, you like, hmm. I got a question for your ass. <laughs> no, Corey, I'm just letting you speak, sir. I'm just going. This is your night. You let it rip. <laughs> let it out, baby. Say it. Do it. Say it. I, at least I was honest. I said, you know, I got my moment. But I, I love yeah, that. I, moment, I like, love that about you, baby brother, cousin, Corey. Okay? <laughs> Slap it up, flip it, rub it down. Oh, no, he said that. Yes, the hell he did. Okay. <laughs> Do it, baby. Do it. <laughs> You know, what's, yeah. you know what's funny about Corey, though? Because, you know, um, like, like if we follow each other on social media, so he'll he'll post something sometimes. And he hasn't done it in a minute, but it'll be outlandish, right? And then right. you'll see all of these comments, blah, 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 and I'll just go, and I'll look at it, and I'll laugh. Because I know that he came from a very strong, powerful black woman, okay, who, <laughs> who would ch- chop him down to the quick and then love him up after that. But like he couldn't, he couldn't, you know. Like to know Corey is to know his mom. Because she calls me too, you know. If she sees a post like that, because she don't be saying half of the stuff I post. But when she see it, she might comment. Uh, you know, she might say one sentence. Then she gonna call me. So why you say that? What what is that? You know, I didn't. You know, I don't want to hear all that stuff, Mom. You know, but she gonna give me an info anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, same thing. If I see, you know, like if. Um, Rob Moms is on, you know, if she's on social media, it's certain shit. I'm just not going to say it because, you know, now I'm more cognizant of it. Like, damn, I can't even post that because I don't want the elders to be coming at me. Like, Do he really think like that? Or, you know, comments go left. You can get one post about religion, uh, sex, anything like that. And it, Yo, hold up, hold up. You know, I don't need no disclaimer, but damn, just because I posted don't mean that I'm saying it. I'll be like, it's something to think about. Hey, take this thought. 
it depends on what it is, you know. Yeah, a lot exactly. of times you've gotten mad feedback, and I'll just I'll just type in Corey Grooms, please come to the principal's office. <laughs> yeah, I get that. Yeah, I get that a lot. No <laughs> you know, like I could hear the bull the bullhorn. Corey, you you uh, also um, written a book. Yeah. Um, well, all right. Well, the first one, well, I guess, was more uh, PG thirteen. You know, it's more like poems, empowerment, you know, love, basketball, you know, all of that stuff, you know, relationships. Uh, second one was more of a collaboration. Like, uh, I was all, I did a book with four, four other, four, four women. It was called Urban Mindscape, The Journey to Reality. You know, dynamic sisters, like, they all went to grad school together, excellent writers. They, you know, they kept me basically on my toes. Like, you know what, if I'm going to drop some some poems or some, you know, something that needs to be heard, I'm going to make sure it's on point. You know, just the New York City grind, street life. Um, and not from a thug perspective, just, yo, I'm in the streets too. Like, I'm going to school. I'm going to play ball. I'm going to library. Shit. I'm out there just like, yo, I just, I don't, I'm, I can't stand out there and do certain things. That's all. So that was Urban Mindscape, but Pushback is my latest book. Uh, Pushback Beyond the 120 is, all right, Beyond 120 is for people who don't know, is like 5% is they, they get lessons when you're younger. You get all type of facts and history, you know, how, how wide is the earth and um, the black man is God and, you know, it gets broken down as to why, you know, the, the, the mother is the queen of the civilization, you know, you learn all of that. And then you get to, once you finish 120 lectures, it's basically like you graduated, you're supposed to be able to pass the information back down. So, and push back beyond the 120 is like a plus lesson. It's like, all right, I, I learned all of that. It's nice to know facts and figures, but now you're going to learn what the stuff that we're really going through out here. How you use a slave to your job, you know, basically, um, how you bought and sold every day if you don't stand up for yourself. The history that you learned is bullshit. I mean, that, that's just the reality. You know, you can learn something in school, but you got to learn that you got to be taught at home too. And I try to transfer that energy down, you know, to my own children, you know, and nieces and nephews. That's what I try to do. You're going to learn this, but you need to know the truth. Like it's well beyond, you know, Columbus didn't discover America. It's like, yo, here, take this book. Take this book right here. They came before Columbus. Start with that book. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I read that book at 10. Not that I didn't, I knew that Columbus didn't discover America, but it's just the fact that when I read the book and I said, damn, you know, we created everything. But when you look at the, you look at the world around you, you would make, you would think that black people don't do nothing. We haven't done anything. So pushback is basically um, a bunch of writings that teach you to learn the the real narrative. You got to go against the media propaganda and learn what your true history is. You can't be a mental, slavery is not physical anymore. Like that, they still have it. Don't get me wrong. They still trafficking people, mm-hmm. still trafficking babies, all of that. Like all of that's still going on. But you got to get be, you got to get your mental right because they're coming at your mind now. Now they're coming at your children. Like it's, it's, it's real, it's real out here. Like the media, the propaganda is, is no joke. Uh, and, the, and the drugs, you know, I speak on that too, you know, um, it's not about street drugs, you know, per se, you know, where, oh, you know, you're on heroin, you're on cocaine, you're on morphine. Nah, you're addicted to Tylenol. 
Hmm. You're addicted to NyQuil, sugar. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't drink enough water. You eat meat every day. You don't eat no vegetables. Like, it's, it's you know, you got to push back against the narrative. Basically, I wrote that. I mean, I'm working on a fourth one right now. Uh, I'm going to have to get some, you know, help. I'm definitely, you know, um, I, I guess I'm telling Rob now, but he's he going to have some, um, you know, have a chapter two in the book because we're doing some history shit, you know. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, cause I, you know, we gotta write a, a history textbook. It don't gotta be big, you know. Maybe 200 pages, you know, whatever we need. Law, history, political science, education. Education is 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 key. We start when, when I say key, the learning of knowledge and how to transfer it in, into into your life. Not going to school, taking a degree that you're not gonna use and piling up two hundred thousand dollars in debt. If your ass gonna have two hundred thousand dollars in debt. You better be coming out with some letters behind your name. Doctor, dentist, lawyer, you know what I mean? You better be something like that. You know, if you're going to go and go a quarter million dollars in debt, can't even buy a house, you know, because they're saying you high risk, you know, even with your $100,000 a year job. Have so, you know what? Have either of you seen Thoughts of a Colored Man? No. No, I haven't seen that. Yeah, it's really, really good from what I hear. I haven't seen it either, but everybody who I who what what is it on? What what, what platform? It's it's on Broadway right now. Um, okay, yeah, I thought, it, I thought it was a play. Okay. Yeah, it is a play, and it, it's um it's vibrant, it's raw, it's 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 through spoken word poetry, and you know, and 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 it speaks. It's it's for and by black men, you know. Um, mm, okay. And, and uh, I think that, you know, what we miss in the community now, although a lot of communities still have the, the, the barbershops where you can go in and, you know, spend the day. It's a little different now because brothers in there doing they do, but they also, you know, a lot of science comes out the barbershops, you know. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. um, and I just, um, I'm grateful for any black man that takes an initiative to kind of say oversee kids that aren't theirs you know um mm-hmm. kids that are in the community kids just to be a physical presence you know in the community like we had like in the 70s you know um you you had that you had fathers around you know and, you know and some of you know between war and, and incarceration wasn't as high as it is now you know mm-hmm. if it wasn't war drugs it was incarceration that took our men out of here, you know? Mm-hmm. And a lot of the women had to step up. A lot of the grandmothers had to step up, you know? Mm-hmm. And, you know, quite frankly, brothers, we're exhausted, you know? Mm-hmm. We're exhausted because not only did we have to take care of our men, we also had to take care of children and the families and, and you know, and wound lickers, if you will, you know, because the streets mm-hmm. weren't kind to y'all, you know? But right. when you come home, we had to make that shit better, you know? Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, you know, from a woman's perspective, sometimes, and I'm going to go ahead and say it, at the risk of whatever, sometimes we feel like y'all ain't got our backs like that. Like, we are really, you know, fending for ourselves, you know? Mm. Um, mm. We're in a space now where, where um, black women are, um, are, are far more educated, you know, than we mm. were at one point. And um, a lot of us govern our own households. And, you know, I... I love the presence of black men that are standing up and that take that, that edge off the world. You know what I mean? You know, but I'm also concerned at the same time because I want my brothers to be okay mentally, physically, 
you know, I want them to be of sound mind and body, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't I, I, I cringe every time. Like I used to run this youth group in Brooklyn for a number of years. In fact we started it. And by the time I left and turned it over, we were like three hundred kids strong. But mm-hmm. I do not every summer we had a death. Every yeah. summer that was killing me through some kind of violence. And mostly it was women that was holding down the kids. You know, the men would come and we had things like basketball games and picnics and things like that. But when we were just existing and doing other activities, there weren't a lot of strong black men that were there helping us hold down that part of it, you know, mm-hmm. or shutting down some of the violence that would pop off as a result. And we were over there between Roosevelt projects, Marcy projects. Oh, and, wow. Okay. You know, you know, we yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's best time for real. Yeah. Yeah, 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 definitely, definitely. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, it it was, it was very hard to navigate, you know, and I and um I did so for many years with with um one of my we're friends, we're like brothers and sisters to this day. His name is Claude, and he was you know big guy. He played uh for the Whipsticks. I think that's the name of the football team back in the day, Brooklyn. And, um, you know, and they just, they loved him. He was a gentle giant, you know, and he dealt with all kinds of kids. I mean, from let, young Latino, black, gay, straight, didn't matter. He, you know, he had a way with them all and they could all relate to him, you know, in ways that, you know, in figures like you both are, you know, just hands-on, you know, and, and demonstrative. Really? You want to say something? Um, I had a question. I don't remember what it was. I was listening to what you were saying. I got, I got it. I, I, it, I actually got um, sidetracked when you started talking about that, and I just recall being. I must have been early twenties. This is years and years and years ago. I know I look good, guys. So don't you know? Don't worry about it. I'm, I'm telling the truth when I say it was twenty some odd years ago. But a, a young man had come to me. He was older than I, I was at the time. I was working as a clerk, getting paid like $5 and something an hour. And they had me doing things at this this place that I was doing lab work with blood spinning down and separating serum. I was doing the social work stuff. I was doing filing. I was answering for... I was I was doing five jobs for five dollars an hour back then, right? <laughs> and oh, this brother came to me and said, and it, it stayed with me, man, because I it was really probably over thirty years when I think about that. It's over thirty years, but this brother came to me and said, "It's women like you. It's it's your fault that that brothers like me can't get nowhere in the world. It's like." Mm. Women like me, like I think if I if I try to remember a little bit further past that comment, because that comment is the thing that has stuck with me and stands out for me. Um, But I think it came from a place where homeboy was trying to rap to me and it just wasn't getting nowhere. But it's not so much that 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 was his hurt response is that that. The way he said it, he really believed that. It was my fault that he wasn't handling his business. Meanwhile, like Therese said, you know, not always because I I had 
I hate saying I had because my dad recently passed away, but he was a very strong presence in my life. And ain't nobody hold him back but him from things that he could have done more, you know? Um, And like you said, Corey, slavery is a lot more than physical. It's, it's the mind. Mm -hmm. And if you think a black woman is holding, is, is stopping you from progressing? Now, see, that's another level of, uh, see, now, when I talk about, I was, I know earlier, I said chauvinistic. I, that ain't what I was talking about. All right. Cause that, that's just a hurt, uh, soul. You know, for you to try to blame your issues on the, the basic, the mothers of civilization. Like, you're out of your damn mind. The you very know, sisters see? that will go in the street and fight for you, march for you, who like, will. Yeah feed you, bring you in the house and feed you and have your back regardless of who you are. That's the current theme of the day, though. Like, it's just a lot of um, hurt people who say, oh, well, they blame, you know, men are blaming women. Women are blaming men. Yo, we got to kill the blame and let's just, we got to get it back together. Yeah, you hear a lot of people talk about the 70s because the 70s was Community village. It wasn't community base. The, the, I'm not talking about the 70s, though. Yeah, the policing <laughs> was, was different, too. It was community-based policing. You yeah. know, where you knew the officers, that they, they knew your family. No, that's true. Mm-hmm. That's true. You know, it was, I mean, just that whole dynamic. But that's the theme today that you know, one thing is kind of clear, that we don't really touch on that on the show, but we'll defend it if, you know, people, you know, spew that type of stuff. Oh, women did this and women did like yo, slow your roll, bro. Like take some, you know, have some accountability. Mm-hmm. Both sides that you can't just. The only thing that um, I could say that uh, systemically, how in the I guess in the late '60s when you started talking about um, the welfare, you know, like SNAP, EBT, like that really got started in the '60s. It was a spinoff of what the Black Panthers were already doing. Mm-hmm. So you know, because you know how. Uh, that's just how, you know, European society is. They don't create nothing. They just, they, they copy and mimic and then create an agency and say, all right, well, we're going to monitor how y'all do shit. Mm-hmm. Like, we did it. Like, we doing it. But Medical marijuana? Anybody? That's what we could, yeah, we get in that later, I guess. <laughs> you know, because, like, it was back then, you know, like, they, the way that the system is set up, it's kind of like you couldn't have a man in the home even though he lived there. Claudine, so he, anybody? Yeah, like these workers would come come to the crib and like, well, you know, why are you looking in their closet? Like, I've heard of examples, you know, like, like you know, you the man can't be there. Like, how, two poor individuals can't live together. Like, you got to come to somebody's house and they, oh, the woman is just poor. You know what I'm saying? That's it. She ain't got no man. Or the vice versa, a man can't be single. I mean, or have somebody and you come in their crib and, what, we both here, we both struggling, we need assistance. I'm not going to give you shit unless you by yourself. You got to prove that you can't, you can make it on your own. I was obvious that I can't because I'm at a certain income level. But then you start looking at the, the EBT roles, the SNAP roles, you start doing the math here in New York State, you know, um, there's 9 million Caucasians on EBT and SNAP. I don't know if people know that. Ooh, 50, 
In New York City, it's even higher. It's like 60% of the people that, you know, it's really Caucasians. But the narrative is that. The narrative. It's, it's the narrative. Like we, we, the narrative, that's one thing about us on the show. Like the We don't have opposing um, arguments because we try to see the whole spectrum of an argument. You know, but it's not scripted. You know, like when we say we disagree, we might disagree on a couple of pieces of a of a particular debate, but we see eye to eye on the problem and the solution. Yeah. You know, we 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 there. But in between, I guess we trying to. If there's people that uh, talk to us from both sides. He'll have people that have come to him with some views. People come to me with views, so we put them out there. Then shit, I shoot shit down. He shoots shit down. If it if it don't make sense, if it do, then we rock with it and we present it. But you know, it's a lot of hurt brothers and sisters out here, and um, it's unfortunate because right now they're coming at everybody systemically. Nobody's safe. And it's, we are, it's a war. It's a war. It's a class war. It ain't even race no more. They're coming at classes. It's true. Mm-hmm. And we are kings and queens. Um, we have mm-hmm. a game that we'd like to play with you both. Mm-hmm. Therese, you want to tell them about the game? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. The game is called Rapid Fire. Mm-hmm. And how it's it's a word association game. Mm-hmm. And how it's played is we'll, we'll say a word. And mm-hmm. because it's two of you, we'll pick which one goes first. But you say what immediately comes to mind. I'll go first, and then Javon will go second. And, um, you know, yeah. just give uh, people a peek behind the veil of what goes on. So, Therese will say her word, and then let's just say, Corey, you say the first thing that comes to mind, and then, Bobby, you'll say the first thing that comes to your mind, and then Therese will say another word. Okay. Okay? And, okay. and Bobby, it'll be based off of Therese's word. Okay. 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 Ready? Mm-hmm. Um, black girl. Goddess, beautiful community, essential home, mother, God. I wouldn't be here, (laughs) father, God, (laughs) proud. Police. Sad. Enemy. Incarceration. Systemic. Slavery. Education. Mandatory. Gotta have it. And my last word is going to be God. Every day. Me. Yvonne, you're up next. Thank you, brother. I like that answer. Me. That's right. Okay. Black people. Creators. Oh, beautiful. Love that. Okay. And let's switch it. Bobby, you'll go first this time. 
going okay. forward, and then um, Corey, you'll you'll piggyback. Um, systematic control pimps slavery hurt cruelty constitution not real obsolete blessing family Family. Economics. Struggle. Survival. Brotherhood. Mandatory. Basketball. Love it. Love. Opportunity. Strike. Take it. Shaka Khan. Dancing. Damn. Yeah, damn. Yeah, that worked. <laughs> Thank you, guys. You were fabulous. So, like a car, damn. Yo, man. <laughs> that's my girl. I can't help it. Um, yeah, you can't talk about Shaka, you know. That's it. Hey, love's for Shaka now. You know, which, yeah. which so what are you independently working on or together working on? Are you, you got any projects coming up? And if so, how uh, can people find you? Uh, I mean, we always working. I mean, that's one thing we stay doing. So, I mean, you know, like we sell merch, we sell books, information, um, you know. Uh, we classes. Have, we got some classes. Classes. We got I mean, there's so much, man. Like, what, what, you know, health, mental wellness. Um, I mean, we do, we involved in a lot of businesses. I mean, mm-hmm. we, you know, we, we entrepreneurs to the extreme so you know i always believe in being independent um so we you know we always striving and we always got businesses popping i mean you know travel business whatever we do it all like if it's something to do we're gonna do it we're gonna get to it (laughs) right and if we don't know and if we don't know we we're gonna get it done one thing uh piece of advice i give anybody you know if you want to do something actually do the research and go do it and one thing you need to learn also is don't take advice from somebody that never did what you're trying to do because people will try to block you. Mm. No, don't take advice. If they didn't do it before, you can't listen to them because see people, they try and they fail. I'll listen to somebody who failed in a venture that I'm trying to do because then they can tell me some of the pitfalls. Don't do this, do that. Try your own thing. But that's one of our biggest mistakes. You, know. yeah, yeah, you ain't gonna like the truth, but it's it's you know, it's dead. Yeah, you, we know how it goes. I'm gonna tell you one thing though. Besides the the insulated part of the family and circle that do support us, you know, the majority of the people that um buy books, buy merchandise, uh, take a class, are people that we met through somebody else, not even the person that we met them through. Mm-hmm. They see more value and what we're presenting than the person who you're around. Like, they know you have wisdom. They know you're, you're smart. But, oh, I can always get it from you. Yeah, I'll get it from you later. But the person who you referred, they want it now. They need it now. So people would not take you for granted, but they take your presence 
for granted. And it's like having um, you got your Michael Jordan and you got Scottie Pippen right here, but you don't care about him or vice versa. I mean, that's how it is for us, you know, as entrepreneurs. Like, that's that's the reality. We get a lot of love, but we also, you might expect more. But as an entrepreneur, don't expect anything. You just got to grind and know that what you're presenting is worth it. You don't have to sell everything. Sometimes, sometimes they, they see what it's worth. Like our merchandise, we don't, we teach history through our clothing. You know, uh, like the shirt I have on right now, it's Larry Davis, 1986. Now, some people don't know who the hell that is. But when you ask, you're like, okay, this is a brother. He was a DJ. He was on the street. He got caught up um, working for the officers, and they tried to take him out. And he shot at some of them, and he got off. You know, granted, you know, he met a demise later. But these are the people, you know, that we try to um, bring forth through the merchandise. You know, Ida B. Wells or... Uh, Fannie Lou Hamer, you know, people like that, Peter Tosh, Sam Sharp, like, these are names that people, we, yeah, you should know Martin Luther King, you should know Marcus Garvey already, mm-hmm. and Malcolm X, like, you're supposed to know these people, we repeat Newton, I, I shouldn't have to tell you who that is, but if I do, that's fine, mm-hmm. but that's what we do through the merchandise, you know, we, we attract the youth that way, and to teach them about businesses, you know, how to start it, how to keep it going, um, it's not always about, you know, I need to sell something to somebody because, all right, they bought it, then what? You know, did they learn anything? Did it have value? So that's, that's our main thing. You know, that's, that's why we do what we do. And it's, there's only 24 hours in a day, and uh, we up about 20 of them, <laughs> you know, for, for instructions, you know. Give, give folks your handle and, and how they can base with you. If they have, like, say, maybe a son that's um, – a little support, you know, or you have a single black mom that's raising a son or a daughter that could use support. Um, mm-hmm. Give give them your hand. How they reach you? Uh, or IG, you know, at the real two grumpy men. You know, you can go there. We answer the um, messages that come through. We do. On IG at the real at the real grumpy men. At the real two grumpy men. The real two grumpy men. Sorry. Yeah, the real two grumpy men. Because, you know, we have to put real because there's, you know, people yeah. out there that, that they're fraudulent. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Definitely just hit us. You know, if you guys, we answer you. We give back to everybody. We don't mm-hmm. touch no questions. <laughs> that we don't do. You know what I mean? We see right. to everybody. Whatever it may be. And everybody don't agree with us, and that's fine. We value your opinion as well, too. You know, so <laughs> it don't matter. You know, we 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 here to learn too. We want to learn. If you know something that we don't know, then give it to us. Please it's teach it. me. Yeah, I'm teach a, I'm gonna let y'all know something though. Y'all y'all mm-hmm. not as grumpy as you look. <laughs> y'all a little grumpy, but that's a good thing, right? I I, I started <laughs> off tonight a lot more grumpy than I'm feeling right now. I'm feeling a little elevated, brothers. Y'all did that. So, I appreciate you. Yo, appreciate you. thank you. I appreciate y'all. So all that grumpy stuff, I hear you, but not feeling that from you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 
Once you reach age 30, you're a triple OG. Wow. 30? Yeah, man. That's what I'm trying to convey. Yo, man, that's crazy. But I I, I understand it, though. I get it. Because a lot of of our kids are not making it there, you know? So anybody over 30, like, you instantly become, like, you know, a a, a A legend. legend. Yep. You know, it's real yeah, talk, yeah. you know, yeah. and it's mm-hmm. like you become the OGs. And for the younger cats on the street, I mean, we, I don't want to get on this subject, but, you know, there was a, a recent murder in Harlem that, you know, there was kids, you know, that looked up to this person, like some kind of, we got to be, you know, we got to stand different, you know, um, and we got a whole lot to battle because some of, some of the OGs is acting up, you know, so yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I thank you for saying that, True. Tiffany, because once you make it as a black man age 30, you're a triple OG because they're trying to take you out much sooner than that, you know? Oh, yeah. We know oh, that. Oh, yeah, most definitely. We, oh, yeah. we know that. We know that. You know what I mean? We already we know they want us. We know they don't, you know. That's why I was kind of interested in you when you brought that last, when you was talking about how, you know, with women, you know, like the thing is, these young, these young a lot of these young dudes, you know, when you're going through, Going through those stages in a young age, you think you your shit don't stink, and you think you know you can have any woman you want. So life, you know, your life right now is fun, but you know when you grow out of that shit, it ain't kid play. You know, you you gotta learn to become a man, and you know being a man takes men longer to do. And mm. I'm a man, I can tell you that. Like you know what I'm saying, so. Mm-hmm. Take you a while because you got to grow out of some things, and you don't really understand, especially when you grow up in a home where your mom's is your father, your mother and father. I mean, I know my pops. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I love my pops, rest in peace to him. You know what I'm saying? But I, but they were divorced, and I grew up with my mom. So you know, mm-hmm. my mom's was everything. She took me to Yankee Stadium. She took me to the Knicks game. She took me to wrestling and things like that. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So, but she can only help me after I got to, to that 18 level, get me through high school. Because once I got out of high school, she couldn't really help me no more because I had to learn on my own because she didn't know what it was like to be a man mm-hmm. in New York City running around at 20 mm-hmm. years old, you know what I mean, at that age. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, so, so it's different. So, you know, it, it's, it's hard. You know, dudes, it's hard. You know, me and him always talk about it all the time. Like, these dudes now, they, they real soft, they emotional. They, you know, they, they take everything, they're too sensitive. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's the truth. But, but the women are now harder. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they they they, they about their business. And on that bullshit, you can't game them no more. Like, games, <laughs> you know. That's but you know, said. you never could game them, but they sat back and watched yeah, us play yeah. ourselves. They watched they, us play yeah, ourselves. Yeah, that's what they did. I already told you what it is, son. It's these young chicks now. They got daddies like me. So when they get daddies like me who telling them, this yo, this is the shit I was doing. And this is what I'm telling you right now. Oh, if that dude can't do if he can't give you money to do that, he ain't even worth it. Da, 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 da. Now they like, oh, yeah, okay. So they know the game. They know the game. They taught very well now. 
So they they sitting back and they looking at dudes and they making them look like chumps. I heard, I listen, I listen, I listen to my kids talk to dudes and they literally, yo, they be telling them. I, I actually sat there and I had to tell my daughter like, yo, really? That's what you talking to? She's like, yeah. I'm like, I'm like, whoa. I'm like, ooh, that he better than me. I'm like, oh, you know, you just, oh, dad, it's times change. I'm like, no, yeah, yeah, okay. You're right, but my mouth, so my mouth moves. I'm like, uh-huh, you can't talk to me like that, but that's the game. That's how it is now. These And, and women understand their power. So now dudes got to figure out how to acknowledge that power and, and coexist with their ego with that power. But if you're smart and you got you a good woman, you understand mm-hmm. she's the key to get you through the door. Like, she's going to get you through the door. So she's she going to get the business loan. She can do a lot of things that you can't do. But, mm-hmm. that's, but that's where the knowledge comes in. That's when you get smart. Because you, you, when you, you hear dudes be like, oh, I can't stay with her. She make more money than me. Is you stupid? What are we yeah, doing? Yeah, like where they do that at? That's the crazy-ass logic. Like, we family. She getting it. We family. Get your thing. It's all good. Let them rob. They they gonna get you through the door. Cause they get the they gonna get the pass, but they gotta know how to use the pass. That's where you come in at the background. And you in the background you giving the game. Like, look, you need to move it like this and you know, and we're gonna be right here getting in and getting the money. But those egos get involved. You can't let the ego get involved. It's love. It's your lady. You gotta look at it as a queen and be understanding that the queen the queen on the chessboard. She can do any goddamn thing she want to do. You right. just a king. You just a king, bro. You're you in the way. You're the queen. You're the queen. You're the queen. Outside, up in bed, and you got to have some pawns around you so your ass don't get killed. And who going, going out and doing all the dirty work? Exactly. The queen. She, you know, she the one making the moves. She can move all over the board. She can put fear into the next person. You ain't gonna kill the king. I'm right here. What's up? Before y'all, before y'all go, I wanted to throw this out there real quick. Um, Javon to Yeah, I really, I'm going to um in 2025. Like I'm really going to take it serious, and I'm I, I'm gonna run for mayor in New York City. I may not win, but I'm gonna go and run for it because you know what? Times is is critical right now. It's critical. You know, I got a support team, but we're going to have to really build, you know. If you run it for me, I'm helping. Let's do it. I know. I'm serious. Let's I, do I, it. I, I'm uh, definitely running. Yeah. We got yeah. you. If That's you're not running even... for mayor, you already know you got, you got, not a, if you're running for mayor, I'm helping. Yeah. Great. Yeah. All right. You got well, it. We appreciate y'all. Thank y'all for bringing us on. Absolutely. Appreciate y'all, man. Appreciate the love. You know what I mean? Excellent show. I got an excellent platform. You know what I mean? Let's stay let's stay doing it, man. You know what I mean? I wish you all the best that. for success. Thank you, know you so mean? much, Bobby. I appreciate that. Tiffany, you. I'm I'm sorry to hear about your brother Tiffany. And yes, mental health awareness is the key. We're over time, good people. Great conversation. Two grumpy men and um on IG at the real two grumpy men. Everybody yeah. have a good night. Enjoy the rest of this hump night and um peace party people. See you later. Peace. peace.
Hey, everybody, this is Kenny Bobian, and you're listening to Brunch in the Basement with Javon and Therese. Hi, this is Robin S., and you're listening to Javon and Therese in the Basement. Show them love! Can't deal with y'all. Hey, this is Avery Sunshine, and I am in the basement with Javon and Therese. Shine. What's up? It's your girl, Monifa, and you're tuned in to Brunch in the Basement with Javon and Therese. Hey, it's your girl, Allison Williams, and you're in the basement with Javon and Therese. Hey, this is Lenny Williams, and you're listening to Brunch in the Basement with Javon and Therese playing my kind of music. No longer alone with my homegirl Therese on the microphone. Music politics are just chatting it up. Brunch in the basement, see that's what's up. You never know who might run through. Legendary artist or someone brand new. You miss a lot when you miss one day. At least that's what I heard somebody say. But it doesn't really matter what whoever says. It's always a good show with your and Therese. Yeah. Brunch in the basement with your bonnet to rest. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, everybody's a friend in my head. I already know everybody. <laughs> <laughs> One day I'll tell you about me and Shaka Khan, but you know. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. But she doesn't know anything about it. But anyway. <laughs> no, she doesn't. She just she wasn't even there actually. But anyway, but she did um mention none other than Shaka Khan as one of her. Why you gotta say, wait a minute. Why you gotta say Shaka? She did mention none other than Shaka Khan. I'm like, where does your voice go? What happened? What's happening? Even the mere mention of her name. <laughs> Silence. Oh, gosh. Would you believe I'm blushing? Yes. Hard. (laughs) You're speechless blushing. That's the thing. Rezzy, I can't help it. It's a shocker. This is a shocker rehab, you know. If there's a cure for this, I don't want it. I don't want it. Uh, Uh, Though, Jay. I'm going to send y'all some perfume. I'll I'll definitely get an address. I'll send y'all some perfume. You can send me some cologne. I mean, oh, you know. <laughs> yeah. I, I just in case I should be shocked to come, I want to smell really, you know, oh, nice. Oh, God. Okay, <laughs> dokie, babe, whatever you say. I just wanted to wish everybody um, a happy Shaka Kanika. All right, thank you. Let, let's carry on. I'm sorry. Javon, yeah, there's a pill you're going to be able to take. I promise I'd tell them which way you went. So they're coming for you. Time. So, and we thank you for that. Thank you. Yeah, thank well, thank you. This part, that little piece, I'm just going to keep and play it all the time for myself. <laughs> but no, I'm 
and I think it's it's time to res to do a little rapid fire with um Mr. Richard Pryor Jr. I think so. I think so. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry, we won't hurt you. <laughs> 